What's better than an all-day breakfast? Maybe we can have a long lunch. I would love a nice long lunch. I'll take a long lunch. This is Matt and Alex's Long Lunch. Howdy, partners. Alex Dyson and Matt O'Kine here with you, about to jump into a long lunch with uh, just an absolutely delightful person and a really talented person and uh, someone I really like chatting to. It's Alex the Astronaut. Yeah, don't just enjoy chatting to this particular person, but also love their music. Really, really talented and so many great songs over the years since we first were introduced to her um, on our previous uh, network, Alex Dyson, if you might have used to listen to us over on Triple J. Um, it's really great to see so many young artists who we saw start, you know, getting mm. their launch and then suddenly just growing into like powerhouses, just really consistent, respected artists in the field. Yeah, we have a little bit of a chat about the album, which just came out, uh, The Theory of Absolutely Nothing, and um, which is quite a funny title. And uh, yeah, just looking back at a few things, I mean, things have gone crazy for her in that she's, you know, Elton John's playing her music on his radio show and stuff like that over the years. And she's managed to uh, pull it out, which is uh, really cool. And we we do go super deep on this one as well. She's got a few songs that touch on some subjects, which are, yeah, incredibly um, important, I would think, but quite confronting when you listen to it. And particularly if you have a uh, uh, yeah personal history with that. So yeah, it, it's very important that we put a trigger warning on this as well. One of the songs uh, in particular focuses on domestic violence. So um, yeah, if that brings up anything for you, maybe tread a little bit lightly coming into it. But um, yeah, she, she speaks so eloquently and it is one of those super important things that I think is yeah really crucial to shine a light on because it's obviously still such a massive problem. Yeah, and with, with that said, uh, please sit back and enjoy this incredible chat with Alex the Astronaut about her brand new album, The Theory of Absolutely Nothing. Hello. Thank you for having me. No, oh, thank, thank you, you so much, much for joining for us. joining us. I mean, I can't tell you how much I... Listen to your music, if I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, you're, <laughs> you are on one of my um, radio... You're on, on one of my playlists uh, for my daughter, Sophia. It's called Bangers for... Bangers for Bibby, that's what it's called. Uh, Bibby's her <laughs> nickname. And um, you're on it. And I put Rockstar City on it because I just... Every single time I listen to it, it connects with me so... Like deeply, I guess, you know, I lost my mum when I was quite young. And so when you're sort of talking about that whole, like, you know, mum, I did this, I, you know, I wish you'd be proud or whatever. I hope you'd be proud. It's like, I, I really, I just connect with it so much. And uh, to see you have grown so much since then and, and like, you know, evolved so much as an artist, it's really incredible. How do you feel, you know, over the years having sort of evolved as an artist how do you feel how do you feel like that looking back on that journey that young artist compared to who you are now oh that makes me emotional that you you even say that because yeah like well you got you guys were on the radio like when I was before I was doing music and when I first I think I first did like a small tour when I was back from America and Matt you were in the airport lounge and I <laughs> went all starstruck and you didn't realize but i, no, I was certainly sitting didn't kind of i still don't believe it to be honest and i was sitting there like this just <laughs> wide-eyed and freaking out and like very coolly like walked out of the thing and like was saying to whoever i was with like you know you'd, that's my you'd okay. come from new york as well right you'd just come back from new york that was the big yeah the big smoke you know yeah so oh it's it's really interesting like uh, that song is written about a show that I did in New York when like lots of the shows that I did over there were like me begging 
little venues to have me on like a Sunday night and sometimes they'd say yes but they'd only say yes if you got like 15 people there and all 15 people bought a drink each so like (laughs) I had a gig and Sunday for college people is not a day that they want to be doing anything because they're all they've been party partying and so I had to force all my friends. Sometimes I had to pay them to come <laughs> to shows on a Sunday wow. night. I hope you kept a spreadsheet of who owes you now. From uh, from <laughs> that's wow. And I mean, but tell us what tell us when you felt like that moment that it was like things changed. I guess for you, where people paid you for shows rather yeah, than exactly. the other way around. <laughs> that was nice. I liked that. Um, I think I played a support show with Lisa Mitchell and Dustin Tebbett and I'd done a few small shows but this was the first like it was in the factory so it's like I don't know 800 people and um people were there waiting and I I mean I'd I'd been in America when things had started happening, so it kind of hadn't really clicked for me that people were actually listening. Like I could see the numbers that there were people listening, but it wasn't real to me. And people waiting outside that show at the time that I was playing, I knew that they were coming to watch me. And that was just like such a strange moment because, yeah, I'd played all these gigs where I'd forced people to come for years, like, (laughs) <laughs> Even in school, I would be like, hey, I'm playing at the blah, blah, blah pub I'm in a pyramid scheme ticket company. <laughs> like, Please, can you buy four tickets so then I can do this? And like, yeah, to have people there. And like when I started playing, I don't know, it was just like I went on stage and I felt confident, which I'd never really felt. Like I was always nervous mainly because no one, I felt like no one in the crowd wanted to be there and to go out and have a crowd that wants to be there, I think for any artist it's just like a dream come true and that was that was like a switching moment for me. And it That's was amazing. Really- and you've released a whole heap of music since then in the lead up to this incredible album. Uh, if you haven't heard much of Alex's music before, let's have a little bit of a recap. No worth hiding if you think you might be gay or different in another way. So it seems, it's, I mean, it's still, to me, in my mind, it's, it's still, you're still like quite a relatively new artist, but those songs, yeah, I have, you know, distinct memories of hearing them for the first time across the, across the distance. Uh, coming into this brand new album, Alex, it must be um, pretty exciting to be, yeah, releasing even more now. Yeah. It feels like really real. Like it feels like a proper thing. Like I, I don't <laughs> think I really understood what would happen with the album. And I think like the past week, I'm starting to realise it's a big deal. Like it feels like leading into Christmas when you're like all organising, <laughs> stuff organising, and it gets to the time and you're like, it's now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Was it moved around at all? I know so many musicians no. and artists were trying to, you know, play the pandemic to their advantage to go, well, let's go now because no one's releasing or let, let's wait till it's over where people are more inclined to be into music. Did it interrupt your plans or you just go, I'm forging ahead? No, we've been trying to release it for ages. It's been like, 
I don't know, maybe two years coming, just like, you know, classic any project things. It just takes so much longer than you think it will. And mm. we were hoping that it would be out the end of last year. And so it's been keep going. Whoa. And to me, I'm like, <laughs> it's taking ages. And then, yeah, so it wasn't ever even a conversation to put it back because it's been put back <laughs> for ages so for other times, reasons. Yeah. I was like, let's just do it. Let's go. You know, speaking back on uh, Rockstar City, there's some tracks on this new album which they have like stopped me in my tracks as I've heard them, you know, and uh, uh, Lost was one which I remember just, you know, literally listening. When you listen to what you're writing every single time, it's like you tell such great stories. And the other one that really hit me was I Like to Dance. It sounds a little bit like this. You scream, why don't you leave? My kids are two and three. I just can't pay for what they need. I mean, I remember I was driving through Ballina. I'd just come off the little bridge that crosses from central to east Ballina. I, like, had almost had to pull over. I felt so moved by this song. And I messaged you straight away. I, I literally said, like, I, I just, it's incredible. I mean, and, and I was so intrigued by how you put a song like that together. How did you construct it? And not just how did you actually write it, but how did you gain the confidence to be willing to tell a story like that? Um, I've never experienced domestic violence myself, so it was a big kind of decision to take it on as like a, yeah, I, I don't know. I I was at a barbecue and a, a, a judge was there, like a magistrate judge, and he came up to me and He'd suggested songs that I should write before and I'd always kind of humoured him. So you'd met before and whenever you hang out, he's like, oh, here's a good song you should write. Yeah, here's what you should do. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And, and we're, it's um, a magistrate judge, not a judge from Australian Idol or anything like this. No, it's the, not like okay. Kiko. <laughs> it's got like real Kiko serious stuff. It wasn't Marshall. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he just was like, I had this case this week. It was really difficult. There was a woman, she'd been beaten up by her partner and she was explaining to us that he was a really good guy, that it was um, it was a mistake, he shouldn't get in trouble. It was, And then in the middle of the sentence he just said she, she kind of stopped and said, I just wish he'd stop hitting me. And he was just like, I see so much stuff. I see so many domestic violence cases and this was just the one that stuck and I I just, I think you, he's like, I heard Not Worth Hiding and I think it's the right thing for you to write this story. And I was like, I don't know anything about it and so he's like, I'll set you up with domestic violence liaison officers. You can chat to them about what they do. And so I did and I sat down with these two women, Kylie and Simone, and they, I asked them so many, we just sat there for three hours and I asked them as many questions as I could think of, like why don't they leave, what, like, what about the kids or what about why do you like this guy, why are you with, why, why, how did this happen kind of thing. 
And I wanted to lay out the story in a way that anyone that heard it would would be able to relate to them and would be able to say, oh, this could be my best friend talking to me, this could be my friend. And that's why I kind of included the lines like, I'm pretty sure some of my friends know because um, that's kind of what they told me. Like often the, the problem is people don't know what to say, people don't know if it's their place to help. Family members know but they can't, you know, and those kinds of details are the ones that I wanted to get across that, yeah, lots, lots of us are actually closer to this situation than we think we are. And um, I really wanted to do it right. So, yeah, we got all, all the details and then I, I planned out the story and, yeah, I wanted to focus on the fact that she liked to dance. She's a fictional character but I just thought that it's really important to fel- tell a full story mm. um, that when people go through these big traumas that it's not actually their whole life you know they have a whole set of passions and they have aspirations and things that they love to do and that's that's usually when what people want to go back to and that's yeah what is the response like um from people who are going through these situations has it is it all positive is there any backlash do you sort of feel nervous releasing songs like this that are about yeah. really intense personal issues? Yeah, like you have a big responsibility to get them right. Like those are the things where you, you're talking about someone's trauma, like someone's deep-rooted psychological wound that is really a vulnerable place and if someone gets it wrong, it's trauma on top of trauma and... Um, so that's where it's just every single finer detail is looked over 15 times. It's not like happy song for me or any of those other love songs. It's, it's kind of serious business. But the storytelling, Alex, seems to be like Australian music is in a, in a particular moment where people like yourself and I'd include like Stella Donnelly in situations like this, Thelma Plum does it really well, is able to paint these yeah. these stories through your, your music and lyrics that are that are super important. How have you found as a, um, I guess, as a group of musicians, do you talk it about a little bit and have, have you been able to see a little bit of, of change through the through the music that, that you guys are putting out? Um, I don't know. For something like I Like to Dance, I, I feel like the only goal is that more people are more aware of the things that happen consistently around us and, and how they would relate to it. So it's more of like a relational thing and I think that's the same with Stella and that's the same with Thelma. Like I think the line in um, Better in Black, do you know what it feels like to get calls in the middle of the night? Like I remember hearing that line and going, like, that brings me to tears to know that 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 would have happened to Thelma. Like, and, yeah, I think it's more about in, like, one-on-one relationships between the artist and the listener that that changes people's minds slowly. I don't think it's Mm. big, like, system changes or government changes that will be involved in. I think it's that, that kind of intimate 
thing. Mm. I guess the changes you might be able to feel are um, it being okay to release songs like this because I think in the past potentially people, you know, it, if society wouldn't be able to handle <laughs> handle some truths like this. I think maybe potentially you'd be advised not to write songs that are this, you know, graphic Raw, and personal open and, and yeah. open. And but then there's the social media aspect where you must have had people contacting you direct who have access to you that go, thank you for writing this because it has summed up an experience or you've made me realise. Has that happened as well? Oh, it's, it's just really humbling. Like I've I've had a number of people message me about I Like to Dance and one of them said I listened to this song and I realised that I'm in a marriage with a really great guy but I think he's abusing me and I'm, I've decided to leave. And, like, you know, you oh. look at stupid memes on your phone. Like you're just going, scrolling through your phone and you open <laughs> a message like that and it's like, I don't know, it's, and then and then also you you get the thing of like, have I just put someone in a vulnerable position? Have I just been the really reason why someone? What if he reads this message? What if I reply and he reads this message? Mm. Like, and then yeah. So I just really try and refer the resource one eight hundred respect because I think in Australia that's a free counselling twenty four seven service that people can call and they're really really qualified. Um, as opposed to me, who is not. Mm. But, yeah, I think getting those messages, I know I've talked to Stella about getting messages. It's really, yeah, it's really humbling. It's really uh, full, on. full on. Yeah, can be. Yeah. And you can call 1-800-RESPECT on 1-800-737-732 as well if this is bringing up anything for you. And a lifeline as well is always available at 13-11-14-2, which is super important. Absolutely. Now, Alex the Astronaut, we've, we, we did the reverse. We went deep early. <laughs> now let's... I guess that's what happens when you jump in is you jump and the gravity (laughs) takes you all the way down. You go to the bottom of the pool and then you slowly flow back up. So let's talk happy songs. Let's talk, you know, on this album, the theory of absolutely nothing. Let's talk about um, what's your favourite, like what's your happiest moment in the whole song? I mean, I saw you got got a shout out for, um, was it, well, it wasn't from J.K. Rowling, was it? It was from the the Harry Harry Potter. The Harry Potter twins. Um, yeah, that's Red right. Yeah, the yeah, but um, but yeah, oh, t- tell me about that yeah. on any Harry Potter references. Yeah, I don't I know any Harry Potter. For that but tell, tell us about your <laughs> happiest moment when you look back on this album. What are you going to be like? You just think like, oh, you know what? I chucked that in for fun, and I'm so glad that I squeezed it past the you know <laughs> gatekeepers or whatever. <laughs> Um, I've got an outro on the album, which got in there, which I was really proud of. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that because we got a little advanced, you know, listening thing. And the last track was an outro. It was just you saying, hey, Alex Astronaut, thanks so much for getting this far on the album. And I'm like, is that a special, you know, outro for pre-listeners? Or is that literally <laughs> when you're listening to the vinyl, when you pick up Alex Astronaut's latest album, you'll be able to hear that at the end, a personal message. Yeah, me and Sam Cromack, who... Did lots, uh, did most of the production on the album, and Dan Hansen as well. Um, we spent a day just doing like 
intros and outros. So like we had one where I played the drums and like um, the intro got banned. <laughs> it was too the weird. Intro got banned. Oh, why? What did what? they say? What did they t- tell? I can't take even a t- remember what it was. It was it was pretty weird though. I remember like. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though because you want little things like that to happen. I've done it same with shows, and your management are like. That's just a waste of two minutes at the beginning. Like you need to go, you need to go hard, and you're like, yeah, but I like it. I like it. I want to get into it this way. So let me do it. And they're like, no. And so, yeah, it's good that you fight for it sometimes, but you lose some well, fights. Another great moment on the album that I found a lot of joy in, Alex, was the final song before the outro. You've got a song called San Francisco. Oh, I'm just a traveler passing through, passing through, riding. because you're wearing a University of San Francisco jumper right now. So I have to ask you about that city, but the incredible thing about that song is, you know, obviously you you delve into some pretty dark areas on the album as as you are able to do so, you know, so effortlessly it seems, but it is a, a heavy listen at times, but this final song, San Francisco, is so joyous. It seems that despite all the bad things that happen in the world, you are an optimist. Can you tell us a little bit about that song and uh, and what the themes are and how it came about? Well, I was meant to go to San Francisco this year for the first time. (laughs) You bought the merch and everything. You're ready to go. Yeah, I was ready. um, I think I was trying to sum up everything. So I was trying to like, and then that's that's why I ended up calling it the theory of absolutely nothing because I was like, well, we've learned nothing. (laughs) In the end, like there's no plan. There's no grand equation that satisfies everything. There's nothing that you can kind of do to organise this crazy, crazy world that we live in. So let's try and write a song about that. And then I think San Francisco, like, (laughs) I've never, I really wanted to go there, but (laughs) it was not to be. So I just, I wrote the song off maps. Like I looked at maps and I (laughs) worked out. Because I think I say like, um, I watched the white tips from West San Francisco and so I went on the map and I was like, okay, what would classify as West San Francisco? <laughs> yeah, I to see the ocean. And like, that's, yeah, I was this like, song about hey. San Fran written from street view, it seems. Yeah, it's not as cool. Very incredible. Yeah. That's great. And, and it's, yeah, talking about love uh, a bit as well. And do you think... Do you think, do you take a positive outlook at the world? I mean, it's so easy to be in negative spaces and I have over the last couple of months, you know, thinking it's hopeless, you know, climate change is there. You've got the pandemic happening. You've got income inequality. There's a whole heap of issues going on. How do you, you, Alex, how does Alex the astronaut keep a positive outlook on things? Um, I don't know. I really don't. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I, uh, it's not the most positive response, Alex. I got to tell you. <laughs> I think, I think I'm an optimist uh, in my writing, and I like I try and I oh I think people maybe I'm an optimist in in normal life as well. Um, I just don't know for some reason I am. Like I think it's going to be fine. I don't know why I think it's going to be fine. Even like things like climate change, where I'm like, this is not at all fine. I'm like, I think it's going to be all right. Like, I think we're going to sort it out. I believe in people. I think that people are mostly good. I think 
I think like I write from the place of people have an inexhaustible ability to empathise and like even people that strongly disagree with each other can agree if you put them in the right spot and that's what I try and do and like I've done it like with the song like Not Worth Hiding, that was like that song I used to poke those little spots with people that would strongly disagree with me usually but that's why I do have optimism because I think while there is so much division and there's so much people that need to get on a different page and see things from a very different perspective, I do think, believe that people have the ability to do that. I was going to go from uh, Alex Yastronaut's optimism to Alex Yastronaut's curiosity because I remember talking to you on Triple J one time, Alex, and you just, you t- I think you were telling me one time that you, you got really curious about how radios worked, so you made oh, one. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering about if you'd had any extracurricular activities recently uh, like that, where you'd, um, done a few experiments, you'd, you'd looked in different areas, you've decided to take on a new, a new hobby. What's been happening outside of music? I think I'm fun to live with, but I think I'm also annoying to live with because I have all of these (laughs) strange things. I've learned the drums in in pandemic land. Hey, hey, well done. Uh, is that thanks to Dan Hansen? Has he helped you with that? That is thanks to Dan Hansen. He is from such Ball a Park legend. What Shout a legend. out to Dan. Um, I um, learned how to use power tools. So I started nice. uh, re, re, uh, renovating our backyard, which sorry if our real estate agents are listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you've got... Drums, hitting things without instruments. You got power tools. Um, yeah. What other what other things have you learned? Have you yodeling? That's the other loud thing I could think that would uh, be the trifecta oh. of uh, Alex the astronaut being loud. <laughs> the harmonica. That's really hey. oh, great. <laughs> great. With the power tools, are you constructing a uh, a little backyard goal? Because last time we met, we were on it was on a soccer field. And we were doing a bit of, uh, you know, five-a-side soccer. Have you, been, yeah, have you built yourself a little timber goal that you can start practising on? No, I've been banned from soccer because I've had too many concussions. Oh, no, what? <laughs> You're going a bit hard. Because you just go in on, on every tackle. <laughs> I went to hospital two weeks ago because I had a concussion. No, oh, Alex, no. Are you serious? What was, that? Yeah. was that just a kick around at the park? Was it an actual, you know, a full-on game? What happened? It was a game. I, I know this about myself. Like I have had four knockouts playing soccer before and um, I should have stopped playing a while ago because I've, I've gone over the edge of concussion land and uh, I just decided to ignore that information and do it anyway. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, I did a small (laughs) header, like a little head on Sunday and on Thursday I forgot everything. So they dragged me to hospital. And but everything's fine. I had a nice nap in the hospital and Oh um, my lord. I'm on the mend, so that's good news. And no more soccer. Oh, Alex, yes, no, that's uh <laughs> well that's that's a shame. it is a real shame because you yeah. have got you know, a lot of skills on the field, very useful <laughs> on the pitch. Um, but yeah, you got to look after yourself. We need yeah. that brain, Alex. We How's need it for album thing? number two or three, four. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Go the long, the long haul. Alex, the astronaut, thank you so much for joining us here on uh, All Day Breakfast. Very much appreciate. Congratulations on the theory of absolutely nothing coming out today. All the best. Congrats on the album. Thanks so much. Bye, guys. That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au.